Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, halflings. Jasper here with a quick shout out to Lexi, who became a patron this week. Thank you so much for your support. It means so much. It's the only way we fund the show, and it keeps us uh, being able to create this content. So we really, really appreciate it. Uh, the second thing I have to say before we dive into this special episode of Three Black Halflings is that we, wait for it, have been nominated for a podcast award. Uh, we put this out um, on uh, the social medias a few weeks back and you guys came through for us. We have been nominated uh, by the Discovery Pod Awards uh, for Best Podcast Created or Hosted by a POC. Um, so we are up against some absolutely huge huge shows here so uh, every single vote will mean uh, so much to us uh, every share etc there'll be a link in the description of this episode so please if you've got literally a spare 30 seconds go give us a vote on there it would mean so so much um it would be completely unreal to win an award it's completely unbelievable even just to have been nominated so thank you very much for um all of your support so far uh, go and hit that link and give us a vote in that category that would be amazing plus also you might discover a few more incredible podcasts because there are some uh, on that list that are mind-blowingly awesome and i'm gonna go give them a listen right now uh but without further ado let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode of three black halflings we are talking to some really really fun people make sure you stick around at the end as we have a a special Wizard of the Rings with Shoot the Flick. Take it away. Hello, halflings, and welcome back to the show. Um, I am Luanda Onati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Onati, and I'm joined by. Oh, I'll go first. Cool. Uh, Jeremy You're always Cobb. the middle. <laughs> Jeremy Cobb. No, I'm usually the last one. Are you? Uh, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. yeah, I go after Unati, but That's I'll go true. after. I'll go after uh, Jeremy Cobb. But some people call me Jeremy. Jeremy Bo- Bear Me Banana Fan of Phil Ferrami. <laughs> uh, incredible. <laughs> and I am Jasper William Cartwright. Um, and we are joined today by um, three lovely gentlemen from the Cosmic Stew team. They are a diverse group of lads out of the States who, have cre- who are creating a new and diverse and inclusive D&D setting. So they're here to talk about that and share their wonderful world with us. You are not delicious! Listen to us talk about fat art in episode three. <laughs> This makes them even more black. Oh my god! Vandal in the brawl! Lenning, Lenning, teachable moment. Yeah. Full prince vibe? Oof. Is this the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon? Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. So, would you guys like to introduce your lovely selves? Oh yeah, I'm Devin Tate. I'm one of the three members of Cosmic Stew. Uh, anything else you guys need to know about me? I don't Do you have any <laughs> nicknames? Uh, 
It's okay if the only is one, and it's one my grandmother used to call me. My grandmother used to call me Baba. That's cute. We like that. We like that. We like that. Follow that, Landon. What's your <laughs> cute nickname, for uh, Grandma? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Landon Beard. Um, some kid in middle school used to call me Landon Mustache, and thought that was really really funny. That's <laughs> really creative. Oh. Yeah, uh, isn't it? <laughs> That's like one of those ones where you're like, oh, cool, never heard that oh, one before. Boy. Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah. Do, again. <laughs> do you know why? <laughs> like, what was the reason? Uh, Jeremy like puts you know, away, man. like as if, if this was like some kind of like comedy, it would show me like putting away a whole list of Landon Beard <laughs> nickname related puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Landon Goatee. Okay, Landon Unibrow. That <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Landed mutton chop. <laughs> and finally, it's been a real thing at some point. Oh. I wow. promise you. Oh wow! Wow! Oh, wow. That's great. Wow. And we apologize for your strife, London. The struggle is real. <laughs> finally, yeah. yeah. What's up? Um, I'm Pierce. Uh, well, Pierce Bauer or Thomas or Tomaseski. It's really weird, but you can just call me Pierce and uh, uh. We can just act like it's like Prince. Like that's just my, Ooh. that's just my name is okay, Pierce. Sure. I think. And yeah, uh, the podcast yeah, formerly known as Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my name is Pierce, and um, yeah. Wait, what did we have to like tell about ourselves? I think it was just oh, introducing yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's so it's so early here, at least for me. That, okay, so my name's Pierce, and I've never had a nickname before. So now, yeah, that's why my, no, I've never, I I think I had a nickname when I was like a baby, but it's too embarrassing to share. So can we just start guest, like every time we refer to you, call you by an increasingly embarrassing guest. Dude, actually, that would be hilarious. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much for the intro, baby bottle pop. Uh, it's a play name, off but... of my name like... oh okay uh, uh, you're never gonna guess it but... okay all right. uh, i feel like i've got an idea in my head yeah. that it's I, all good, i've Pee-wee. just met you and i don't wanna yeah <laughs> let's, there you go. let's That's not good. attack this should we <laughs> i mean should listen we, it's not get... it's not the first time okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, like, why don't you guys go ahead and tell us a bit about Cosmic Stew? This sounds really, really exciting. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, no, uh, we kind of came together. We were playing Dungeons and Dragons together for a few years now. Devin has been our forever DM, and uh, we recently just all got into world building. And um, yeah, I think that it, it became an interest of all of ours at kind of the same time. Um, and so we, we kind of tried to collaborate and kind of tried to put some of our ideas together into one unified world. Uh, Devin coined the name Wrong Lou, and so we kind of went with that. <laughs> and then we uh, decided pretty quick that we wanted to make a trilogy of books. Um, awesome. And the trilogy would be the story of a single character named Avon or Ozzy. We're kind of in between names right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this Avon is the sole uh, synthesized manifestation of the two elemental catalysts in the universe, order and chaos. She's like the overlapping of those things. So she possesses this like great and terrible power and is unequaled by anyone else in in the universe. And so each of us is authoring one of those books um, that takes place on one of our 
respective individually world-built continents. Um, so the, the three books take place thousands of years apart with vastly different characters and settings, um, but each book zooms in on an instance of social injustice um, of, of a different theme taking place uh, that highlights, and it highlights how it is directly or indirectly affected by Avon and her unequaled power. And so uh, the arc is trying to, trying to explore her struggle to self-identify and like her relationship with morality having no one to answer to. And uh, yeah, so in the, in the interim, while we're, while we're kind of gearing up for that, we're making maps and items and monsters content um, mm. to, to try to be independently usable. But we're also using it as like tools to help us world build and to help us develop lore and culture and history and stuff. And yeah, guys, what did I miss? I'm sure there was some stuff. <laughs> uh, I think you got most of it. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um yeah. so like um these three separate worlds, you want to like each of you kind of talk to us through mm. um those sort of worlds and then maybe talk about what inspired those worlds for you like individually? Yeah. So book 1 is taking place in the continent of Alvash and that's the one I'll be uh me Pierce I'll be heading. Uh, I don't know. Are you guys going to include any video? This is just audio, right? It's just audio. Yeah, this yeah, is just audio. So, just yeah. relax. Re- just just chat reminding, cool. reminding <laughs> the audience who's talking. Um, uh, <laughs> so book one will take place in the continent of Alvash. And uh, it is essentially a uh, like a cataclysmic area where... Um, there, there's like this giant valley in the center of it and uh, a lot of strange, mysterious things happen there relating to the main character, Avon. And the continent is really, um, or the setting on the continent is really going to explore uh, like class divides. So mm-hmm. um, as of right now, any, any racial term I use right now is probably mostly just a stand-in, since there's a lot of um, since there's a lot of transformation um, mm. happening in the D and D realm right now about race. So these things are probably mm. going to change as we do more research and uh, and update our stories. But as of right now, essentially, there's an elven. Uh, like supremacist society essentially mm-hmm. akin to white supremacy so there's this elven mm-hmm. society that is oppressing um halflings and gnomes on the continent and the elves have convinced the gnomes to also hate the halflings based on their ears. Mm. So in in Alvash, mm. halflings have curve halflings have rounded ears and gnomes okay. have pointed ears. And since the gnomes oh. have pointed ears like the elves, the elves are yeah. like, "Hey, you should uh-huh. you should uh-huh. hate the halflings." So it's like it's uh really playing on how um, oppressors will divide the people that could come yeah. together mm-hmm. to oppose yeah. them, um, but make it harder for them to do that in very subtle ways, ways that, um, mm. you know, uh, like take advantage of people's fears, really. And uh, so that's mm. going to be like the key focus of 
of the Alvash series. Mm. So it's, it's like it's like, instead of colorism, it's eerism. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. And I guess some heightism in there as well, yeah. like from the from the elves. Yeah, probably a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> Those will really be the central the central oh. issues. Uh, there will be a lot of messed up Ooh. stuff, and like I'm playing. I remember Landon and I came up with this twist one time. Like he came over to my place, and we were like, we blew each other's minds coming up with this really really dark uh, <laughs> twist that I don't want. <laughs> To reveal it all, but it's going to, uh, it's definitely going to be, um, it's going to be hard to write without making it just like totally the worst thing ever, like oh, wow. the most vile thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question. Does uh, Avon kind of showing up uh, in the world of Alvash and then just seeing these people in this situation? Hi, everyone. Jeremy here. My mic unfortunately malfunctioned during the asking of this question, and we can't remember exactly what I said, although we think that I was asking uh, whether Avon could remember what had happened in previous eras or what she could remember Hmm. from previous eras. Bye-bye. So it's actually really interesting. Um, Thank you for asking that question. Um, Avon is essentially born when Ronglu is formed. So in the like oh, cosmological okay. timeline mm. of the of the plane, as we we've been calling it a plane rather than a planet. In the cosmological timeline, um there's an event that causes multiple planes to fold in on each other. In in our world we just call it the fold. Um mm. so the fold happens and when the fold happens is when uh, Ronglu is both created and then imbued with those uh, those kind of fundamental forces that Landon talked about that created Avon. So Avon doesn't have any memory. She's literally born when Ronglu is formed, and uh, mm-hmm. so she she is actually dormant for most of um, for most of Alvash. She. Mm. Uh, she is kind of in embryo, um, developing, but she has this, uh, she has this group of people who protect her. Um, they are called the Vesi and they are actually part of her. I don't know how much of this I'm supposed to be revealing, actually, but, <laughs> um, but I can definitely see but, Landon uh, like I mean, you can you, just gives out the you, first. Yeah, you can cut, you can cut whatever, but but essentially like no, it's it, it's just this really cool mechanism where like she isn't really there, but she is like uh, um I can't think of the word right now, but um like you see you see her existence in ways other than through herself uh mm-hmm. and so it it'll be a very it'll be a very um uh like espionage-esque uh setting excellent mm-hmm. Landon. i think maybe the way uh, a way that we can explain it oh my gosh i finally figured out my audio is getting feedback this is a momentous <laughs> occasion for me yeah like <laughs> okay uh what i think a way that it can be explained is uh so the beings that conventionally exist on Ronglu are of order. They're of the catalyst, the fundamental mm-hmm. property order. Avon is the mixture of both order and chaos. 
uh-huh. the beings that are affiliated with Avon and protect her, they are beings of chaos. So it's she kind of is able to toe the line like no other being can really do. True. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. True. Very cool. And what about... my people right there. Yeah. What about <laughs> your setting, Landon? Um, which uh, sort of um, continent are you kind of taking over? What are you creating? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my, my setting is book three. It's called Lurzia, and it, there's a little cameo appearances from a continent to the east called Yunka. Mm. And um, my, uh, my stuff takes place thousands of years after Alvash and uh, thousands of years after Sintera, which is book two. That's Devon's. Mm. And uh, it, it kind of revolves around uh, differing philosophies and how one could be sort of subjugated or, or ostracized or looked down upon for their uh, varying philosophy. So it really breaks down to as simple as uh, magic versus science. Are, like uh, the continent mm-hmm. of Lurzia is really magic dominated mm. and all of their politics are rooted in, in magical and, and the arcane arts. And so uh, sci- te- technologists, scientists... Uh, people like that are, are oppressed because their philosophies are differing and, and the Lurtzian higher-ups uh, perceive the, the scientists as being lower-class people who can make their way in the world. They like it mm. to be really exclusive to uh, you have to have magic blood, you have to have all this potential and like mm. have the opportunity set up for you. And so they perceive technology as a way for like essentially peasants to rise up against the men. And so they mm. try to like kind of stomp that. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a story where uh, when the book is written, you as a character will kind of discover what's going on in the world. You'll come at it from kind of a tangential uh, perspective and you'll kind of discover this group of of scientists called tinkerers and you'll uh, hmm. kind of collaborate with them and, and figure out what's really going on and try to do your part. I mean, I guess you could go against the tinkers if you wanted to and, and <laughs> lean into magic, but if you're not <laughs> sick and twisted, hopefully you'd uh, make the, <laughs> the ethical choice. <laughs> Love that. Um, and Devin, how about you? Um, uh, what about your uh, uh, continent and planet and world? All right, so my continent is Sintera. Um, the first thing I did, more or less, when trying to conceive this world, that I, I mean, this continent that I was trying to build was kind of base it off of my childhood upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was born and born and raised in the Caribbean, the country I lived in, which is Belize, mm-hmm. is so heavily like mm-hmm. a melting pot and a multicultural uh, place. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't like, there, like, yeah, there is like racial tensions and things, but in some parts, but for the most part, we're a whole people and cultures intermingle freely a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I wanted to reflect in the continent and um, necessarily kind of bring that into the story that not necessarily, uh, even though all the races intermingle freely and even the world so itself, it's a world, it's, it's a continent filled with many stitched together different parts of lands that don't seem to necessarily flow into each other mm-hmm. exactly that well so you can mm-hmm. go from like a desert to a tundra really quick by just doing a couple miles travel and oh. um the current situation with that is it's uh it takes place a thousand years before uh landon's world and i think a couple thousand yeah it's a couple thousand years after um alvash and um the current situation in the country is that they're going through a complete restructure 
of their um, hierarchy. So originally it was about five different monarchies ruling individually in separate kingdoms. Mm. And an event happened that ended up wiping out an, an entire kingdom. And the mm-hmm. neighbor, uh, the neighboring kingdoms were in the midst of a civil war and had to more or less find a way to work together to take down this great evil that was coming and destroying the lands. And now what everyone's struggling with is how do we redistribute the wealth because um, all the kingdoms ended up being dissolved in this conflict and everything's getting restructured. So now you have certain groups from what used to be a kingdom's territory uh, gaining all this power while ones who probably did the most of the work holding off the front lines uh, didn't really get much of that benefit just because of the locations they've been put in. Mm-hmm. So the system kind of in general started some places off to fail uh, versus other ones, yet they're all at the same time trying to show each other that, okay, we're distributing this equally. You might have needed more, but, you know, we're giving it, we're separating it equally. So. That's more or less the issue that deals with in my book is not necessarily um, people getting discriminated against or um, having problems based off their races, mm-hmm. but more mm-hmm. based off just how who who got access to the wealth and mm-hmm. uh, was better set up. So it's more of a classism issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of geographic that. too. Yeah. Yeah. And geographic yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Which is Yeah, a, geographic wealth is a big, which is, big yeah. yeah, which is really which is really fascinating. And like it feels like these settings can really kind of promote inclusivity and diversity and ask really like complex questions but um without um kind of hammering the point home over people's heads and allowing people to play through that and experience it is mm-hmm. is really exciting. Um I mean something that's potentially should be mentioned, because I think we've only ever had one other um, a, a, a non-POC member ever talked mm. to us on the show. Um, yes. <laughs> so, Chris, hello. Hey, hey, hey. how are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I just call every white person a colonizer. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a term of um, endearment. It's like a greeting. It's a, gre- yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. greeting. Hello, how are you? It's a good thing. I mean, even, even me and Jeremy got called colonizers at one point. So, like, <laughs> you know, no one's free from this. It's, yeah, at this point, the term is, has lost all meaning. Meaning, I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially like my, my litmus test in the world. If I can call you a colonizer and you go, hey, hey, history, right? Am I right? And I'm like, okay, cool. You're my peoples. We can fuck with you. That's fair it's enough. Fine. We can talk. <laughs> um, uh, great. So, but um, I just wanted to like maybe uh, discuss um, sort of, Pierce, your experience of kind of building this world and wor- when working to with two world builders of color and your experience of allyship through this journey. Yeah. Um, that's a fantastic point to bring up. Uh, it's really... Sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what's so different about it um, because when you're breaking down a lot of the barriers that are normally up, it's kind of just like at some point it feels like just you're normalizing not being a racist asshole. Like it's it's like, um, I mean, a lot of it is a really active listening and um and awareness about racial issues Mm. and not being afraid to bring them up 
and ask genuine questions about them and uncomfortable questions about them. And like, if I want to introduce, like, if I want to introduce a system in my world to highlight a racial divide, uh, I'm not just going to do it. You know, I'm probably going to bring it up to Devin and Landon and be like, Hey, like, what do you guys think of this? Like on a personal level, like, how would you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're like, you guys are people of color. If you're reading this, does this like hurt you or is it, is it like shining a light on what needs to be illuminated? Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is having uncomfortable conversations and, um, and not being afraid to misstep sometimes. I think that they're like, Mm. so I, I, um, I study religion and ethics at, yeah. in school. Um, and one, I'm not super religious, but a big theme in religious studies is that like people will a lot of the times gloss over the, the most like the most important points just Mm -hmm. because they're they're pretty scary points to talk about and like because it's really Mm -hmm. easy to uh, to offend somebody and like rightfully so like they are incredibly personal things to people um and so part of it is just having to like a lot of it is just having to be genuine about it and like not like yeah i i don't know how much more i can emphasize how important it is just to be genuine and compassionate about coming at any of these issues so that's really what it's about Mm. other than Mm. other than like that's what my experience has been other than just like actively trying to not be racist as hell like uh yeah yeah, it it can be uh, yeah what's up yeah as you say i think it's a it's an interesting thing um we get a lot of questions on the show about, you know, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a white dude or, and I'm running this game and I want to make sure that I'm making it more diverse. And even in situations where it's like a, they're just running it all for other white dudes. Um, but I think that that's a really, it's a really interesting point about going into a conversation not having kind of decided what you want the outcome to be. Like, that's a big thing that I always try to get people to do. Because I think that's, a, yeah. uh, inherently, we do that a lot as humans. It's very easy to kind of go like, this is kind of what I want to hear. Even if you're mm. only doing it subconsciously, yeah. like, I I would like this conversation to go like this, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, we kind of can't help it, right? It's how we protect mm. ourselves about, against those those, those difficult conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's really good that you've come into this scenario where you're going, okay, I'm fully prepared for what, like for this to just be like a, a you know uh, hey i wouldn't do this if i were you or you know i'm willing yeah, to you know i'd, yeah. I'd change this and this mm-hmm. and to not have that like, preconceived idea of like okay i'm really like i'm hoping they'll just be like yeah this is fine Jasper, because that's only ever going to cause conflict that is you know? such oh thank you so much you took the words out <laughs> i was trying to find that point is that it's you have you also have to be okay with being told no like you have mm-hmm. to be okay yeah. being told that like nah dude that's that's too fucked up like um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like a lot Mm -hmm. of people just like i don't know if it i think it comes from a place of not i i think it comes from a place of like 
I'm not racist. So like, how can <laughs> the thing that I just came up with be racist? Like that doesn't make yeah, any sense yeah. to me. So, and, yeah. and people don't, I, I think sometimes people have a hard time grasping how internalized that stuff is and mm, how yes. much, and how much effort it really takes to break it down. Yeah, I mean, geez, yeah. the amount of stuff that we've uncovered on doing this show yeah, of being like, like, whoa, like the core of this thing, yeah. you know, like we discuss all the time, the core of D&D itself has really problematic racial issues. <laughs> yeah. And so therefore, it's yeah. super hard not to be racist. Yeah. Like even, it, like it's super easy for any of us as DMs to be racist yeah. because, and we didn't even yeah. realize it because it's such, like you said, it's such an internalized thing. Yeah. So yeah. You, it's super hard and it requires a lot of work and effort. Even but like, if you're serious about wanting it, yeah. what, what was that? You know, Even ice cream, cream is racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we found that ice cream was racist. <laughs> like we're, we're literally over here in ice cubes. That's the only thing we eat anymore. That's the only thing it's not racist in the world. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I had a whole conversation with a friend about this very thing uh, last night of, about how some of the uh, we, we were basically arguing about uh, he was in, uh, about the coding, the racial coding and the cultural coding of a lot of the races in D&D &D, mm. and how the mm. only ones that are explicitly that tend to be explicitly non-white cultures uh, tend to be evil, monstrous races uh mm -hmm. and that was one thing not only in the in the little uh i guess the the handout that you guys had sent us but i th i really like that you guys are addressing in all three of the settings different issues that i think really don't get brought up such as the inherent i would say white supremacist coding of elves yeah. uh yes. as well as just the way that oppressors can uh use techniques to divide uh, oppressed groups of people. Um, I really like the the division between magic and science because I think that's mm -hmm. science as a whole is something that gets left out a lot from D and D. Like we have the artificer now, but they kind of mostly it, it but that's get like one in. class for exactly. You know, science is as broad as magic, if not broader. Yeah. Exactly. So to have one well, class that can do science, it's like it's, it almost <laughs> it almost seems like a. Would you say that? It, would you say Landon that it seem it, it's kind of like a almost like a re, a form of religious that way oh definitely 100 percent. yeah uh yeah i think i'm i think you should view it exactly like that for sure mm. yeah and that's i think i mean every D, &D game has mm. the evil yeah. cult uh but you never really get you never hear about actual like systemic religious oppression within society uh which i really i really like that you brought out and then uh for devin i also really like the idea of having uh, a culture without largely without racial tension, but that acknowledges that where you are born really does have a huge impact on the kinds of opportunities and advantages that you can have. Uh, it's in so many different ways. Uh, so, yeah, would you say that that is all? I mean, that is what you said that you were trying to bring out. But I really like I really like that idea. Yeah. And it uh, in those situations, a lot of times, too, you find that like the even moving from a different uh wealth class in some of these settings and things like that in mind it doesn't uh help the character as much as you would think just because they'll still look at where you were, your upbringing was from sometimes too mm -hmm. and then look at that and use that against you either the either way so new yeah. money versus old yeah. money yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think this is all really exciting because the idea of bringing into D&D &D a very like well thought out, very well processed, um, kind of like 
multitude of uh, of uh, like uh, forms of oppression, like the form, the, the different forms that this thing takes. It can be a very daunting thing to uh, include uh, any kind of uh, oppression or anything in a in a D and D game because it's scary and it's yeah. like it's sticky and it's horrible. And People we all agree that oppression like... is bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But also, I do think that, you know, we've discussed this many times. It's such a safe place to share and to, like, open up. And, like, we've talked about especially, like, generational trauma, things like that. Like, I've actually found playing D&Ds really helped me at times with that kind of thing. Like, really, really helped me kind of formulate my opinion and process some of, like, the anger as well. Like, I'm not saying you should rely on D&D to do that, but, like, you know... As, as a person of color, last few months, I got pretty angry, yeah, you know, like yeah. I've been angry, but actually like mm-hmm. having, you know, a place or a platform where I can uh, kind of work out how I feel in a very low risk environment, yeah. I think is actually a really useful and helpful thing to do. So I love the idea of actually having the tools kind of right there for you to, uh, as both a DM and a player, to play around with that. Yeah. Um, we get Thank asked you. a lot, like w- that people want this kind of content. They want to be able to introduce subjects like this because I think a lot of people clamor for that like real, like gritty, like, um, you know, impactful D&D game, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, everyone mm. wants the Matt Mercer effect, right? Everyone wants the, mm. the to be crying at the table. And, you know, they, <laughs> I think they want these big <laughs> overarching stories, but people are scared because it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to throw in a- oppression or like you know slavery mm-hmm. or or whatever. Like that's a that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and so Jeff Bezos. yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this. I can't wait to can't <laughs> wait to run some of these games. This Hell is, yeah, man! Yeah, D and D is definitely group therapy, one hundred percent. Yes, it is. I'm definitely going to be working through my issues with colonizing forces when I play with these two on Sunday. I'm just going to be like, yeah. here yes. they come, and you bring the yeah. power of the ancestors down upon them Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> i actually I, I wanted to ask you guys uh following on what jasper was saying how would you say that this experience uh first of all would you say it has been and then if it has how would you say it has been uh potentially cathartic or like emotionally or psychologically impactful for you guys just creating this stuff mm. i'd say you never really realize how much you could hate a ba- a, a evil character that you make when you <laughs> yes! actually like yes. apply real world problems that you're currently or like might have previously gone through like playing like every sunday when we play in Landon's campaign his magic users have been some of the most detestable people <laughs> i have had the displeasure of dealing with throughout my entire D&D life like oh my goodness <laughs> I love that. That's I love great. that so much. That is glorious. Oh, yeah. awesome. that's that's true as well. That is definitely true. I've made characters in the past. I've got a character in a, in a campaign that these guys are in at the moment, and literally, like the mere mention of his name, everyone like you can see everyone's Zoom screens <laughs> just like, oh, like oh, we must crush. Like they haven't even heard half of the stuff this guy has done, and they're already like ready to like. They're like they're ready to roll up on this guy this guy's house like now. And they are not ready mm. for it. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Landon and Pierce, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the question was like, how how do we feel? How is it cathartic mm. for us to to kind of go through this? And I mean, 
I, I don't think I can't speak for Devin and Pierce, but I don't think that I'm smart enough to really like explicitly communicate in my writing like, oh, this is an instance of social injustice. And like you should have fun playing this game, but also you should be really aware of this and you should, you know, like y- this is immoral ultimately. Like I don't think I can pull that off, uh, but it's been I think it's been fun trying to like. code kind of some subtle messaging into uh even the content that we've been making now in preparation for our books so um not like we've like we've discussed like uh dnd it's it's kind of on a basis of of racism or at least inequity of some point and so Mm -hmm. um i think like just being conscious Mm -hmm. of that and like going back, like retroactively recognizing that in some of the games that I've played or some of the the fantasy that I've consumed Mm -hmm. and like trying to actively uh, go against that and like, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe I'm going to code in here that, uh, you know, there's great wealth and power and influence that comes from this tribal society as opposed to this conventionally like Mm -hmm. uh, advanced, you know, scientific whatever city. Uh, and so I think it's just like trying to think of that, uh, has been really like mm-hmm. a good experience for at least me as a creator and as a thinker and as like a, as someone who, who tries to be considerate of, of stuff like that. It's just been, mm. um, yeah. fun to go about that. Mm. It's kind of scary though. When you realize how much is coded mm. into like all the stuff huh. we used to read as wow. kids and you're like, Oh man, Representation <laughs> no, one, no wonder matters. I feel this way, <laughs> you know, like, because you really do, like, whether you pick up or not, like, especially as a kid, like, you, I mean, I read Lord of the Rings as a kid. We read, you know, all kinds, of, and you just think, wow, that's some, like, real messed up things we were just internalizing yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, too damn right it's about time we, we get the flip, you know, we get the flip side and we get some good coded messages. Yeah. So I yeah. thank you for that. One of, the things, <laughs> one of the things that I always draw reference to when I'm, like, thinking about <laughs> fantasy and how, when it really captivated me mm. was uh, being a little a little black boy with curly hair and watching Lord of the Rings and watching Legolas, this, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, tall, white, elven, blonde, straight haired, Mm. beautiful man, like slide down the stairs on a shield and flick his shield into the neck of a, of a like dark skinned, (laughs) misunderstood orc. Like, you know, that was what really ensnared me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We want to hear that orc story. That's like, like, we want to hear what their backstory was, what they did to deserve that shield to the throat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, it's, uh, really messed up this is going to be kind of a dark turn but so like no like so landon like the that you know i was watching the same thing as a little kid with like some fucking like straight kind of blonde hair and i was a i'm able to like identify better with legolas you know and then Mm -hmm. like as a little kid i would straight up go into my neighborhood carrying a bow and arrows around and i would shoot at stuff with my bow and arrow in broad daylight in public role playing like I was Legolas. I cannot imagine a little black kid doing that and being safe mm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like this yeah. shit, it comes into mm. the real world. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's the, there's the first level of being able to yeah. identify, but then there's the second level of being able to actually like carry out that identification. And yep. some yeah. people get, would get killed for doing it because of their skin color. 
Or like in, in like serious life ruining like, trouble. Yeah, like you know? yeah. Um, like yeah. never get a job yeah. or go to college. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think yeah. this is this is like so much of the conversation that has been a real yeah. joy for me to realize is how um, it's, it's been sad to realize how important things like fantasy and pop culture are in our society mm. and how much of an effect it's had already. Um, but also empowering, you know, it's been in- incredibly empowering for me. I don't know about the other two halflings, but it's been incredibly empowering to be part of that conversation, uh, even in a small way. And I think that um, it's nice to know that there are people mm. out there like yourselves who are helping to move the needle and mm. who are helping to bring content to us that might, um, you know, empower us yeah. uh, um, in, in in our own way, not just like uh, us kind of having to fudge it and be like, oh, well, I could kind of be Legolas too. You know, let's have black Legolas. No, no, no. Let's just have a new character yeah. who is explicitly black and we can celebrate the crap out of that instead of, do you know what yeah. I mean? Trying to always yes. imagine or fit ourselves into another framework. Yeah. Like, you know, we recently, we've started recently playing a campaign, the Wagadu setting, and I nearly, I like, I felt genuinely emotional after playing yeah. that. After really, truly embracing my race and a part of my heritage and getting to play that to a fruition without being put into a box, but also playing a fantasy, ca- like, setting, you know? Playing a fantasy mm-hmm. setting without having to do any of that, like, of extra legwork that no one else mm-hmm. has to do, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, was was an incredibly cathartic and, and amazing experience. And so I really like I'm it is exactly the kind of thing that I think you're you are going to bring with your content yeah. uh, to more people. And I applaud you for doing it. Yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm gassed. I'm gassed. Thank I you. want to see all the, all the stuff yeah. and I want to play with all the things and I and yeah. I want to send me some of these items. Yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan of items. Actually, oh, give me yeah. some I of these. I want to meet yeah. Ava. Yeah. I want to meet Avon real bad. I just want to have words with her and be like, hey, girl, let's start. <laughs> What's the tea? Okay. What's the tea, girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's sit down and have a chat. <laughs> yeah, is Avon going to be like a character in the actual settings for what, so when people actually play in the setting? Uh, so one that, like a, a PC, like a pl- someone you could play as? Like, like yeah. an NPC. Oh, like an NPC. I, I think so. In in different kind of manifestations. What do you guys think? She's basically going to be like the Tarasque, right? It's like she shows up. <laughs> Run! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're just everyone full, like full pelt. Like just get the hell out of there. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Best hope you're on the winning side. I don't, I don't on know how much we reveal about Avon, guys. <laughs> okay, cool, okay, I don't cool, know. Cool, I might have already ruined Andy, it. Andy. Yeah, don't 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 give any okay, cool, uh, cool. serious NDAs, NDAs, sure. non-disclosure agreements all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank you guys so much. It's just been such a great opportunity to have this really lovely, illuminating conversation. And I feel like the level yeah. of detail and consideration, and really kind of exploring the nature and and um, permutations of oppression, just and 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 also like finding ways to to do that in a way that is also fun at a table. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really, really exciting, and I. Can't can't wait to follow you guys more and get into your items, get into your world, and get into this content. Where can we find you on the yeah, interwebs? Cosmic stew goodness. Yeah. Where can we? Yeah. Um, I mean, we we have a little bit of a presence on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Cool. cool. And I think those are kind of leading the charge right now. At, are they at, is it at Cosmic Stew? Mm. Uh... Yeah. At co- Cosmic Stew RPG, right, Pierce? That's what it is. Yeah, both places. I think so. Yeah, amazing. Had to give a little suffix. Gotta gotta follow everyone at Cosmic Stew. Stew. Mm. Um, uh, That's RPG. uh, RPG. RPG, Yes, there we go. Um, 
Yeah, amazing. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't Our wait. Insta is definitely uh, a little bit uh, plump compared to the Twitter. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Plump. Got I'm that, got that plump it. into <laughs> thicker stew. The cosmic stew yeah. is yeah, thicker. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. well, and all that uh, stuff that's you the... can find on our Patreon, too. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Head awesome. on over yeah. to that, for sure. Awesome. I'll be heading on over, because, yeah. and... I mean, if I, if I get some goodies, if I get some goodies, I'm going to sign up. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I get some items, mm-hmm. whatever, I'm cool. Yeah, Let's yeah we're it. thinking about doing some, like, yeah. holiday cards or something. So yeah. sign up soon, and uh, you'll get a Christmas card or Hanukkah card or whatever the hell you Yo. celebrate. Like, Hanukkah card. card. Yeah, straight up. Like, <laughs> winter please. solstice card. Yeah, I'm gonna find the abs- most obscure yeah. holiday possible and request. That's fine. <laughs> we're gonna ask. Yeah. We're gonna ask people what they want. We're not gonna just National- assume anything. So. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what day. All right, shit. We'll there send you, you a go. pizza too. Oh hey, I'm, yes. I want a Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, uh, thank you guys for, for pulling through and just having like a really great conversation with us. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So I think it's about that time that we get into another Wiz of the Rings. But today, really excitingly, we are joined by two massive film buffs from the amazing podcast Shoot the Flick. Frankie and Scott are here. How are you guys? 
Ah, we're so happy to be here. Yeah, really exciting. I'm a big fan of you guys. I'm just happy to be on the show. <laughs> it's awesome. I love you guys. No, it's great to have you. Yeah, uh, you, happy can actually, have you can actually head over to their their podcast, Shoot the Flick, and see our own Jeremy Cobb. They're discussing uh, the film 42 with Frankie and Scott, which is really, really fun. I'd definitely go and give that a listen. Uh, but today, we're going to do a special Wizard of the Rings with you guys, which is where we're going to be diversifying Back to the Future. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, yeah. <laughs> this was definitely an interesting... Uh, mm. thing to try and do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It actually was quite interesting. There was a lot of roles where we were like, well, yeah, that's could potentially be problematic if you change that around. And, <laughs> right. So, yeah, this will be very, very interesting to see what ideas we have. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. Where better to start than our leading role? Who has a suggestion for Marty McFly? Okay, I actually have two. Nice. Mm. I have a male and a female Marty McFly. Excellent. Okay. So, uh, for my male Marty McFly, I have Shamik Moore from the, okay. movie, from the movie Dope was where I oh, first saw him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know you talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think he's honestly a great actor and he could really pull off this role. And, of course, for my female Marty, I have Letitia Wright. Yeah. Yes. 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 I loved I that, that pick. I was that. mad because he stole it. <laughs> those are both really good. Those are both really good casting options. Really <laughs> like I'm, I, I, I remember, Dope is such a good movie, and I feel like he's been really underutilized since. But yeah. he could totally do mm. that part. Yeah. Yeah. He's still also really young, so it's not like he's like 36 trying to be like 18. <laughs> he's only 25. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that was another thing as well, is that yeah. a lot of the parts, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, teenagers still? Like, I right. guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> wanted to just cast old men as Biff all the like, because I was like, well, he's just an old man. Like, he's not a teenager at all in this <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> Sidney Poitier um, cannot play Biff anymore. <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah. I still think there's a shout. He's in with a shout. I had one... Um, I didn't. I couldn't come up with another female one that I really liked, but I did come up with a male Marty that I dug. Um, I don't know if you'd recognize the name, but uh, it's Tyler James Williams. He was the Everybody Hates Chris kid. Oh yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. He did a little stint on Walking Dead when he was a little older, so mm-hmm. you know he's not just like a you know a cute little kid actor. Like no, he actually has chops, and yeah. I think he could do really well. Yeah, no, he'd be yeah. he'd be great. He'd be really great. <clears throat> yeah, I. The problem was when I was trying to come up with a female Marty, I kept putting her with a male Doc, and it just never quite fit right. <laughs> like it never really seemed right. <laughs> uh, but um. Okay, that's that'll yeah. be interesting. We'll so, be interesting to see because I've got a a good suggestion for a female Doc. So maybe that. Me could, too. Uh, okay. Maybe that maybe that could be a pair there. Yeah. Um, my suggestion for Marty McFly was going to be Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, that's a good one too. Like, he's actually yeah. eight, he's not. I think he's eighteen, about to turn nineteen now. So he's pretty much the, like exactly the right age. Very nerdy kind of kid, but definitely still very cool. So yeah, that was my. That was my big shout for for Marty McFly. Um, uh, uh, do you, you halflings have anyone for this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Unati, get... do you want to go first, or should I jump in there? 
Um, I'll go ahead real quick. Um, so I uh, for female like Letitia obviously, um, mm. but male I was thinking I don't know if you recognize the name Tabora Medzi from Kalushi the Solomon Maslangu story the um, biopic. It's a oh, biopic I haven't seen that one. No, um, and Tabo is really really good, and I think he would absolutely nail Marty, like Amazing. really nail it. Mm. Uh, I know our listeners at home aren't going to get any benefit from this, but their really, really cute puppy has just appeared <gasps> on the Zoom screen. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, she's back. She's back. Ah. She wants that mic. Leia has returned. She was so making a ruckus. So, <laughs> so cute. Um, I had... Yes, Jeremy. I had said, I had said uh, the obligatory John Boyega... Uh, casting for for Marty McFly, but I had a couple of other in. options. Yes, he has to mm-hmm. be in everyone. We we um, thought about John Boyega too, but we were like, oh, I think he's too old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we just I don't know. I mean, he could probably pass, but yeah. Um, and I I don't remember exactly what Michael Fox's age was when he did the original role, but I know mm-hmm. that he was very I clearly think he was an in adult. His, like early twenties. So I 20s. used that as a license to also throw in. Uh, Donald Glover and Alfred Enoch. Uh, Alfred Enoch played um, uh, he played Dean Thomas in the Harry Potter movies. Yes, I actually looked at <gasps> him. Yes, as well. yeah. We love a Harry Potter reference. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. You got to get uh, Harry Potter. Reference. And actually, actually, I had he, I had him for another role, but I completely agree with you, Frankie, that Tyler James Williams for every, from Everybody Hates Chris would actually be a really good choice for Marty. Yeah, he'd be great. Oh, thank yeah. you. He'd be so great. Um, that's some strong Marty castings. I think that's one of our best roles we've cast Ooh, on. Wizard and of I the had, Rings, I so, just yeah. came up, I literally just came oh, yeah. up with a, with a potential female casting for Marty, which is, mm-hmm. I believe, I think her name is Alan Wong. I think she played Knives Chow in, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, yeah. Uh, she'd be great. She'd be really yes. great. Yeah. She'd, yeah. She'd she was really cool. good in that part. Yeah. She'd be really cool. That's a nice casting. Um, well, let's find a companion then for Marty McFly and go with Doc Brown. Um, I had two suggestions, but why doesn't one of you, um, uh, Frank or Scott, why don't you kick us off with some Doc Brown suggestions? Okay. You want to go first? Yeah, so I I came up with a male and a female uh, version for my female Doc, my female empowerment Doc genius yes. character. I had uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Because yeah. I think she can balance very well, like the erraticness and mm-hmm. also the just pure fucking genius of Doc. Yeah, you yeah. totally buy that she is an absolute genius. <laughs> she also shows up in every single casting. I think that we do. Yeah, literally every single one we've done so far, Lupita's made it in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can't go wrong with Lupita. You can't really true. at all. Uh, and did you say you had a male casting as well, like a, a chain? Uh, for, oh for yes. Doc? Okay, so. I was thinking, you know, who's a comedic, kind of erratic uh, actor that Mm. is due for a comeback, specifically. (laughs) So I came up with Eddie Murphy. Yes! I had Eddie Murphy as well! (laughs) Did you? Oh my god, I'm so happy. (laughs) That's awesome. So, yeah, I just thought it would be like a... Because the thing is, I feel like Doc was... And I'm pretty sure Scott would agree with me that Doc was probably one of the most difficult ones to come up with because it's such a specifically awesome role for... um, 
I can't remember his name now. It's escaping Christopher me. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd. <laughs> um, you know, if you watch that movie, he just has such a specific. It's a very iconic role, isn't it? Like, he yeah, really exactly. So, that, like, it's hard to like is, match yeah. that. Mm, it's kind of similar to the genie role with Robin Williams and Will Smith taking that over for the new one. Kind of mm. similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Actually, didn't think Will Smith did like the worst job. I thought that film was was. Better than I was anticipating with Guy Ritchie directing it, um, but I actually no, he did, I think he definitely had fun was, with it. Was actually, I was like, enjoy. He's pretty charismatic. He's not Ruben Williams, but you know, um, yeah, agreed. Not bad. Uh, love that. Will Smith love for backup jo- uh, Doc Brown <laughs> if Eddie Murphy says no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just put a white Afro wig on Will Smith. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, oh, but Doc Brown, I had Uzo Adube. From Ooh, Orange is the New yeah. Black. Ooh, oh, I like that. Yes. She would nail it. I like that a lot. Yes. Crazy eyes. She'd be really, really good in that part. Um, I also had another uh, lady uh, recasting for this one because uh, I wanted someone, uh, again, a bit nerdy, a bit older, potentially. So I'm, I'm going for Whoopi Goldberg. I think she would be she she would kill it. She'd kill it, yeah. Scott, like, that was yeah. one of Scott's thoughts too. Oh, is that one of yeah, Scott's? Oh, I've ruined it. But yeah, I just thought she's. Uh, I don't know what you thought about that, Scott, but I just thought she's very believable in that role, I think. Yeah, she's very believable. She's also. She kind of has that when she. Especially when she gets going and she gets that, like, head motion mm-hmm. where she's like. <laughs> I'm like, I could totally see that with Doc just being like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I just think it'd be really, like, a really entertaining, um, a really entertaining Doc Brown, for sure. Because I think that's yeah, the, yeah. the big thing with Doc, is like you said there, Frankie, it's like, it's got to be someone who brings a lot to roles. Do you know what I mean? Who, like, right. do you know what I mean? Would define the role, but, like, bring a lot mm. of energy. You couldn't just play the lines and, you know what I mean? You'd really have to bring something to it. So, yeah. Um, Love that. So, yeah, Scott, Jeremy, uh, either of you guys got anything else to throw out for Doc Brown? Uh, sure. I have, uh, I also had two castings, kind of three, but, uh, from a female Doc, I fought the Regina King. Yeah. <gasps> yes. That's a good one, Whoa. too. I like that. Because that would be cool. I'd be genuinely yeah. scared of Doc Brown, though. <laughs> yeah, okay, Doc, sure. <laughs> like, let's get in the car. <laughs> yeah. well, she had a lot. Of, she has all the dramatic chops in the world, but she has done comedy before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think letting her stretch that again would be quite fun. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh,. It's a bad movie, but Miss Congeniality too. She's the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I love how of all the things she's done, you're referencing Miss Congeniality too. <laughs> like it's the woman like won an Oscar last year. <laughs> she also won an Emmy this year. <laughs> yeah. That is very true and much deserved as well. Much, yes. much deserved. Yeah, for sure. Because she, uh, is, yeah, as we've yeah. attested to on this show, incredible yes. in Watchmen. Yeah. Killing the game. And She's then for the a game. male doc, I was stuck between uh, Chris Rock and Damon Wayans. <laughs> Ooh. I consider sure. throwing in a Wayans brother. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of them. I think Chris Rock would be a really fun. I think Chris, I think Chris Rock would be Rock really, would be really fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I played around with Chris Rock and ended up going for Eddie Murphy. That was like uh, yeah. Where, yeah. Where I, was I, I had, like Frankie, I had started with Eddie Murphy, and yeah. that, like, that was my first 
choice. But then I was thinking about uh, the movie Dolomite is my name. And mm. one of the best parts of that movie in a role that really goes against type for him. And I think it would be really interesting to see him go for Doc Brown is Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, completely <gasps> oh, the opposite of what he used to do. But I didn't he, even think he of showed that. in that movie, he has the chops to play like a weird character part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And hearing stories of him on Blade and stuff, he's absolutely an eccentric dude. Yeah. So I would really yeah. like to see him give oh it a shot. Oh my God. Too. Yeah. That would cool. be fun. Yeah. Hollywood did Wesley Snipes dirty. Yeah, they really did. They did for him everything. so dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that though. Wesley Snipes. Get some. I, I still. I basically whoever it is though. I, re, I still want them to have like a big like gray hair. Like that's the like the, still. It's gonna be the look, yeah. <laughs> regardless of who we get. <laughs> like Regina King, still just yeah. massive like mop of gray afro. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So that's some pretty strong castings there. Um, I I thought we could maybe go for like Biff or something next. Yeah, I got a couple. I got a few more. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you kick us uh, off for, for sure. Biff? Yeah. Uh, then Jeremy, why don't you? Okay, go. so for Biff, I got uh, I got Daniel Kaluuya, who's yes! again a bit old for the part, but I feel like he has the physical presence, and yes. he could uh, he could do a very uh, very good job in that role. And then also I had um, Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy in Atlanta. Uh, again, oh, way oh, too old. I'm like, why do but I know who that is? <laughs> if, you're, if you're willing to kind of do what the first one did and just have people that are clearly like in their 30s, um, yeah. <laughs> I think you could do a really good job. Yeah, that's nice. That's really good. Um, yeah. I think it's generally yeah. it's okay to have uh, someone old. Like I said, the guy who plays Biff in the thing, he's just a middle-aged man. Yeah, wearing a toupee. Yeah, literally, like, they did not even try... Like, they may lean into it in later movies that he's quite clearly just, like, an adult male. <laughs> yeah, it's weird in um, certain, like, teen movies where, like, they tr sometimes they try to at least get actors that may be older but at least look younger but then once in a while they'll just throw in a clearly like 35 year old grown man with like five o'clock shadow and he's yeah. like i'm a senior in high school and it's like no <laughs> you're not he's got Especially three kids he's clearly got three kids at home. It, it actually really reminds me of like of the uh, amazing spider-man movies where like everyone was so old in that like high school yeah it was so yeah. weird and like they clearly tried to cast everyone else to look the same age as them in the high school yeah. so it was just a high school of fully grown adults it was like <laughs> yeah no one believes that these are children like not even for a moment <laughs> yeah that made, did make, uh, make me laugh and let's not even get started on toby mcguire toby mcguire in the first one walking around yeah. with like a lunch tray looking <laughs> fucking 40 years old yeah <laughs> Toby Maguire has looked forty since he was twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just hasn't aged in the. In, he has not aged in the meantime. I saw him in the Bobby Fischer movie a few years ago, which is mm. a, actually a pretty good movie. I like that movie, but he he looks basically the same as he did in Spider Man, which yeah. is like twelve or fifteen years before, basically. Uh, recently, actually, speaking of Toby Maguire, recently we were watching we were rewatching um, Tropic Thunder, and like I've completely forgot he's in that opening <laughs> film. 
like trailer thing yes. with Robert Downey Jr. as like the gay priest. Oh, it was yeah. so funny. <laughs> oh. That movie is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Oh, does anybody else have any Biff castings? I just realized we've gone completely yes. yeah, we off wildly off topic. Oh, yeah, sorry. We went off the track. Oh, yes. Three black train wrecks, uh, guys. Yeah. This is how it often works. <laughs> um, oh, God. Scott had a really good one. Yes. Yeah. I was like mad about it. Cause... Yeah. I'm actually really proud of this one. I casted O'Shea Jackson Jr. Oh, snap. Love him. What's he from? He's he's Ice Cube's son. He's from... An, oh, uh, he was yeah, in the... yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. That's yeah, a really yeah. good one. Yeah. And again, physical presence for sure. Yeah. For yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that'd be, that'd be great. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just so fun. Like, he's... he. I could see him being that, like, physical yeah that physical presence who's just like everyone's kind of like nervous around him mm-hmm. because ice cube had that presence in every movie ice cube was in so yep. yeah mm-hmm. why not his son yeah and you could even like as a joke have in the sequels you can have ice cube play the older biff sometimes oh like, my god from, yeah. from, like, <laughs> that'd be funny like, actually shot to shot you'll just swap them out yeah <laughs> just to see if anyone notices it yeah. is like remarkable how similarly they like they look like if you look at like a young ice cube as well it's like it's yeah crazy yeah. how similar they look yeah do you think his mother goes like why do you look nothing like me yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like man. literally nothing she got the short end of the stick his mother just also looks like ice cube yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I had one. Funny. Considering that we mentioned Regina King before, um, I had Stefan James from If Bill Street Could Talk. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I I loved that movie so much, and I loved yeah. him in it. Mm. And I just feel like kind of similar with O'Shea, although not as much. My, uh, castings, I guess, that we, we can get to later. Mm. But yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. But yeah, I think he he think he's got a real presence. He he's I feel like he could do a bully pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Um, what about you, Unati? Do you have any any biffs? Biffs, any like no, big, not strong... I'm like I'm not really coming up um, strong on. Oh, I think he could do it though. Uh, he was in um, How They See Us and Moonlight. Oh, what's his name? Oh, oh the yeah. runner. The, the, oh. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, I love right now. I love Moonlight. It's one of my favorite movies <laughs> um, of all time. <laughs> yeah, that movie oh, it's so good. Oh, God. We talked about that yeah, on our episode, too. Uh, do you mean... Uh, is it Trayvon Rhodes? Is that, is, is that how... No, no, no. Not Trayvon. Jarell um, Jerome? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, He's yes, got yes, a warmth, but I think he's got serious mm-hmm. chops, and I think he could pull yeah. off a bully. Like he's he actually, de- yeah, yeah, he definitely yeah. could. He's he got definitely could. serious chops as an actor. I could, I yeah. think he could do anything really. Now that's a really, that's a, that's a, that's a great show actually. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, and it actually just reminds me that we do not give Mahershala Ali nearly enough love. We really don't. Uh, yeah. like, we need that's to be, true. we need to be bringing him in yeah. on some. Uh, uh, on some castings. Yeah, please can um, they remake I... Blade and they can they cast him? As oh, he'd be so good. <laughs> I really, really want to see Mah- uh, 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 Mahershala Ali just kill and kick ass. Such like, it'd be Blade. amazing. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Okay, but back to the future. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I, I just fully led into casting an old, clearly an older man as the role, but just someone who physically I'm just like impressed by and think. Mahershala uh, Ali and- is Biff. 
Yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely not. That's too far. That's I'm too just far. picturing his character from Green Book as Biff, and it's like, no. Yeah, I've been watching Lovecraft, uh, and so I went with uh, Jonathan Majors just because mm. I fully believe that that guy would uh, would like would yeah he would be a but like he could easily play a bully and he yeah. plays angry very well yeah. actually yeah. in Lovecraft. Yeah. So. I keep seeing promos for that. I want to watch that. It's really good. It's it's provocative, genius. It's doing some interesting things. Yeah, we, oh, me and um, me and my partner were having a, a, quite a laugh earlier because uh, I like jokingly suggested um, Dwayne Johnson for Biff, and then we were sort of <laughs> went down the road of like, wait, if we actually had cast Caleb McLaughlin, could you imagine the bit where Biff punches like Marty? <laughs> like he'd get pounded into the floor, like it would be. <laughs> You'd have to suspend your disbelief just that Caleb McLaughlin wouldn't die. <laughs> like, oh my god! Being be punched by Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Does anybody else have any other Biffs? I don't think so. I think we're no. good. No, yeah. I think we're All good. Right. Yeah. I I have um I have a couple of Lorraines. Yes. Yes. Same. Um, yes. I had Kiki Lane uh, from If Beale Street Could Talk. I uh, did too. <laughs> yeah. And then also Zazid Beats uh, from Atlanta. Yes, me too. I had literally the two mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. 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 Ooh, Octavia Spencer. As, mm. as, uh, as Lorraine? Lorraine, yeah. I mean, if oh, we're going she... the if we're going the older people, as yeah, no, I mean, just... route, then sure. Yeah, yeah I mean... like, like if I could have it my way, yeah, I'll say yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we have it our I mean, way, we can't go wrong with Octavia Spencer and everything. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, one, a one-woman show of Back yeah. to the Future. Yeah, that'd be Octavia awesome. <laughs> actually, Octavia Spencer would be a good Doc Brown now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah she actually would. She, she would. actually really would. Yeah, she actually really would. Yeah, that's 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 a good shout. Um. I was thinking uh, you could do some. Maybe I'm actually thinking Naomi Harris could do pretty well because you because you could make her look young for sure, like younger than you know. What I mean, I think you could yeah. e- believably make her play both ages, you know, both mm-hmm. before and and then sort of slightly older. Um, I we originally I had uh, Zendaya, but then I was like, how do you make Zendaya look? old like i just don't think you could yeah like, i think it'd be so hard i thought about that to too believably a mum. <laughs> um but what about you guys did you um frank and scott do you guys have anything for lorraine yeah well jeremy literally stole my two answers so scott <laughs> oh, no. let's go to you, you know what it was, Frankie? we were just yeah. on the same page so many yeah. of ours are the same it's true we were speaking telepathically it's yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i had uh Either uh, Kiersey Clemens or Kiki Palmer. Ooh, Kiki Palmer. Oh, I like yeah. Kiki Palmer a lot. Yeah. I love her. Uh, because I like, again, Dope. I like Kiersey Clemens in that. So it's, Dope's mm-hmm. an awesome movie. You should watch Dope. Um, but uh, I, Kiki I Palmer that. is Please also just. I, I yes. that Kiki Palmer is just too. amazing, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I reckon we've probably got time. We could probably do like one more, maybe if there's another part that anyone's. We we gotta do. We gotta do George McFly. Oh yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. You can't yeah. leave Chris. You can't leave Crispin Glover hanging. But thi- this was a hot. This was one I struggled with the most. I don't think I've still got a suggestion that I'm happy with because I was like, who the hell does Crispin Glover? Do you like? <laughs> like, how do you even get yeah, close? So if anyone's got suggestions, it's hard because. Because this this movie in general is so iconic, so it's hard. Like I 
I know we're doing this for just, you know, shits and gigs, but I hope to God that, like, they never remake this in yeah, real life. Yeah, yeah for sure. Just because I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was a time years ago, I feel like, maybe I'm, like, just imagining it in my brain, but I feel like they had chatter at one point that, like, they were going to remake it and Zac Efron was going to be Marty, oh, and I was just, like, not ew. having it. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, no, please. Someone would be foolish enough to do it. Just you wait. Yeah, someone would, for sure. I think this is the only scenario in which I would be like, okay, I'd I'd go watch it at least. Like, if we had Octavia Spencer as Doc Brown and... Yeah. I would, especially if they cast Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Biff. As Biff. (laughs) (laughs) And then they still, like, they stick to the same same story. It's, like, him as the president, like, and there's, like, Dwayne Johnson with, like, a terribly sized toupee thing, like, you know, just flopped on his bald head. It'd be hilarious. (laughs) Um, but yeah, if anyone's got any suggestions for um, replacing yeah. Crispin Glover, I, I had one that I kind of liked. I, I have Lakeith Stanfield, dude. Whoa! That's exactly who that, I had. I, yeah, exactly that was a really good one. That is it. Yeah, I said Lakeith Stanfield in anything, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but no, that's definitely it. Because the thing is, I was like, I, I noticed this. I was like, I was trying to think of someone who wasn't like too cool, like that I could believably. <laughs> see them playing yeah. someone who's shy and a bit do you know what I mean a bit mm-hmm. weird and like I was like I can't think of many like sort of young well, you know sort of younger black actors that I'm like oh man they're not that cool like most of them like they're pretty cool so I was like I just can't think but yeah like yeah Lucky Stanfield is, yeah. is such a I good feel choice. like I feel like oh go ahead were you gonna say something Scott <clears throat> No, uh, sorry, I was dealing with a puppy. Um. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I feel like Lakeith Stanfield could actually play probably Marty if you cast him. And then if you throw some makeup on him, I would watch him as Doc Brown, too. That dude's yeah. ridiculously versatile. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Sorry to bother you. Totally agree. It's such a good film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting um, And I also it. had... Tyler James Williams as a potential uh, George McFly. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen him do... Have you ever seen the Key and Peele sketch where he plays, like, eldritch Steve Urkel? No, I don't no. think I have. No. Um, it's I one of my favorite Key and Peele sketches. It's like, the premise is that Family Matters was originally just a show about a family, but then, like, this ageless, immortal, all-powerful being known as Steve Urkel <laughs> joined the cast and has just gradually used his powers to force the show to be more about him. And he shows up and does <laughs> yeah. a truly incredible Steve Urkel impression that is also terrifying. Uh, wow. that, makes me, that, that, to me, showed... First of all, versatility that I don't think I've ever gotten to see him show before. But I've also it also made me just want to see him in like a weird, offbeat, kooky role, uh, like George McFly. Yeah, Ooh. no, I like I really like that. Yeah. That's a that's a shout. I need yeah. to check out this this sketch. Well, I will actually, send you guys. I'll send you guys this sketch. Is really uh, it's really good. Again, uh, Keegan Michael Key could actually he'd be a very funny doc. Like yeah, he'd oh, be a wow. very funny doc. Really funny doc. Whoa, you're right. That yeah. actually would be awesome. Be that would awesome. be really awesome. That would be a good one too. Uh, I didn't even think of that. But the only other black actor that I could think of that would make a decent George McFly would be. <clears throat> Um, Justice Smith. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to what's, think of what... Uh, what's he from? He, um, he... Let's see, what was Jurassic he? World. He did Jurassic World. Oh, I've never seen uh, the Jurassic World movies. No. He was oh, in he... Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Pikachu. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Detective Pikachu. Yeah, when he's got, uh, when he gets a bit of a like he's got a bit of facial hair, and I've just looked at what some of his pictures actually. When he's got a bit yeah. of facial hair, ages him up a little bit. Yeah, he's yeah. got that kind of yeah slightly shy, awkward. Because he's kind yeah, going. he's got yeah, like the I shy nerdy that. thing going yeah. on. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely think the Keith was like the best one. Again, I was pissed at Scott because he came up with a better answer than me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, the Keith Stanfield man. See, the thing is, we all said we didn't want what we didn't want them to remake Back to the Future. But this version of Back to the Future would be so dope. <laughs> I would yeah, like to watch down. it like in a like it doesn't actually exist in the real world, but it's like yeah. you can watch the hypothetical movie that would have been made starring these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um that was awesome. I only had one more yeah, cast yeah. thing that I thought was really funny. Uh I wanted to cast Principal Strickland, mm-hmm. and I wanted to cast him as Dave Chappelle. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> that would be great. That's I yeah. love that. I, so I, I was trying to think of a Principal Strickland. I couldn't think of one, but that's awesome. That's really I fun. I love that. That's really fun. I feel like this film would be genuinely hilarious for some of these castings as well. Like, <laughs> I want yeah. to really start a campaign for uh, uh, Dwayne, jo- Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> 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 and like squeeze him into some really like, you know, like a school uniform, like a proper small like school uniform. He's wearing the Letterman's jacket and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Dwayne Johnson hanging around the back of like a school ball like it would just be so ridiculous <laughs> oh dear yeah um, but I think that's the first time we actually got Dwayne Johnson into a casting kind of <laughs> he's kind of hard to to put into a role it's like he takes up a lot of room <laughs> you know yeah um, I agree if, but, you, if you cast Dwayne Johnson you get Dwayne the Rock Dwayne, Johnson. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You don't get nothing yeah. else. <laughs> um, amazing. That was really, really fun, guys. Thank you uh, for joining us. It's, it's so annoying we can't go even longer because I feel like we could have literally cast like every role in this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that was awesome. Probably one of my favorite was the Rings we've done. Um, that yeah. was really, there was some great yeah, suggestions really fun. in there. Uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to plug? Scott and Frankie, did you guys... Oh, yes. Um, please, if you will, check out our weekly podcast, Shoot Woo. the Flick. Uh, pretty much anywhere else you can, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, that's where we are. Um, and also, you know, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick as well. We just spend every week introducing each other to new movies and driving each other nuts. <laughs> and love it. You know, it, you know, playing with our puppy <laughs> on the podcast and it's really fun. Yay. I wish that yeah. I wish everyone at home could see the puppy. The puppy is so cute. The puppy is so cute. We'll cast Leia as Einstein yes! in Back to the Future. Yes. Leia yes. will be our Einstein. Oh, that would be great. I just want I just want Leia in every movie. Can we do an all Leia version of Back to the Future? Back to the Future? Yeah. Leia Put with a white crazy wig on as Doc. In the coat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that was very where we're going. We won't need leads. Something like that. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, or if you're American, leashes. Leashes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> Frank is It's a good. It's a good joke when you know what about? he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do not get that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because they they changed over here. Now it's I was looking for a leash, and they're all labeled leads now ah. over here too. <laughs> yeah, 
Jeremy is not pleased. Uh I come back. I come. I tell you what. I go to the UK for five years. Come back. (laughs) Everything's different. Everything's (laughs) different. (laughs) Yeah. When you left, there was no. You know, there was a black president. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's not get started on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Oh god. Um. Uh, actually, there you go. Why not? Let's get Barack Obama his first acting role, Doc Brown for Barack. I think he'd do it. I think he'd. I think he'd do it. I think very he'd kill it. Chill, I mean, that works. Very chill. Very very, very chill. Doc Brown. Brown. Ever Doc, Doc Brown. Brown. Yeah. But like uh, he's uh, funny. Marty. Yeah, he's funny. Now you got to see here. Uh, we're, we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go back to the future. Marty. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that's that's really tickled me. That's really made me laugh. Uh, just the idea of Barack Obama, just him on the poster of a Back to the Future remake is just like still wearing a suit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've had actors turned presidents, so we can have presidents turned actors. That yeah. works. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, we can have true. it the other way. <laughs> we have well, gone the other way. That's true. Barack Obama. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what a black guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. <clears throat> so yes, uh, That's actually please, hilarious. Halflings, go and check out Shoot the Flick. It's an awesome podcast. Like I said before, Aww, there's a lovely thanks. episode with Jeremy as well, um, which is which was up uh, last week or whenever uh, this yes. this goes yeah. out. Um, so yeah, go and find them. And it's at Shoot the Flick, right? Like on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um, there will be links in the description of the episode where you can find all of their stuff. Um, but thank you so much for chatting to us. This has been really, really fun. Uh, great mm. to have you on. Yes. Um, nice to nice to have like some proper film buffs on the show. Actually, this was it's, mm. I love but love talking films. Yeah. So. Feel like we can have a whole separate <laughs> yes. show just us talking about movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be fun. We should do that sometime. Yes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, really, really fun. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week. So long, Shia folk. Bye. Bye. Bye.